everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We are going for two with Jack Taylor. I'm Jack Taylor. I'm Hunter too. And we just messed that up for the first time in a while. I just messed that up for the first time in a while. Um, we? <laughs> yeah, welcome back for the second time this week. It's the first time we've done two episodes in a week uh, since we lived together, I'm pretty sure, a couple of years ago. So um, yeah, getting back into this, getting back into the swing of things and um, full on into baseball season now, about to go into our third weekend of it, I believe. So um, yeah, in a full swing. So we have a really good episode today, have um, the review from our midweek win against Southern Miss, and then we are going to preview uh, another big weekend um, as we face against face off against three three different um, three are they all power five yeah three different power five teams in Ohio State Oklahoma and Cal. Um, but first, before we talk about any games, we would like to um, read some motivation. It, Friday morning motivation started out as motivation for the fans for the listeners, um, but now that we reach out to artificial intelligence for this. Um, we, we found it more important to give motivation to the team. So we explain the situation that the team is in, and AI just generates motivation for the team. So that's what we're going to do um, right now. We're going to read what, what AI thinks that the team needs to hear. Congratulations on your recent win against Southern Miss. Remember, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Cal are all tough competitors, but use this opportunity to showcase your skills and learn from your opponents. You earned your spot in Frisco through hard work and dedication, so stay focused and give it your all on the field. Good luck. I couldn't <clears throat> have said it better myself. Honestly, just beautiful writing. And if if you as the listeners can gather anything from that, don't don't be afraid uh, to to just take from that what you will. It might apply to some people's lives. I don't know, um, but it doesn't apply to me in my life. So I. I I'm not gonna. I for one am am not playing Ohio State. I for Oklahoma one, and Cal. I did not earn my way to Frisco, um, so I'll be sitting here in Flowood. But yeah, I, I think the team, if if that gets to them, this weekend could be huge. So um, that being said, let's get started with some with with the game that happened this past Tuesday uh, in Pearl. Um, yeah, the Southern Miss game. What you got? Yeah, that was certainly one of the games. Um, you were in attendance, so, so that was, was pretty cool. Yeah, I was there. Um, so I'll be able to. I'll be able to uh, talk about what I saw there. You obviously had a better view of what the strike zone or the lack thereof, um, and and I'm sure there were just some things you saw that I didn't. Before we get into the game, though, what about the the kid in the push up contest? Yeah, I was about to ask you about that. Um, I, I am so glad that the game was televised because if I had if I had just seen that with my own eyes and I had to be the one to to spread that news around, no one but nobody would have believed me. But it was I got back home and obviously it was already on Twitter. You said it was already on the message boards like moments after it happened. So um yeah, that kid was whew, he's a natural. <laughs> Gonna be a popular kid. Um, yeah. Here you go. So, so so into the game. Uh, mm-hmm. um, both teams. There was uh, nineteen walks. That's that's something. Um, yeah. 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 Um, so. Uh, 
19 walks, six hit by pitches between the two teams, five from Southern Miss, which ultimately is what cost them the game. I think uh, errors could have easily cost us the game. Uh, we had three to their one. Uh, all I think they scored runs off of all three of our errors. Um, but their, them hitting batters is really what allowed us to keep rallies going. Um, and, and we'll talk about Luke Hancock in a, in a little bit. Um, he got bailed out by, by two hit-by-pitches. So, uh, yeah, it was just a, just a gross game. 19 total runs scored on just 12 hits uh, between both teams. So that, that just doesn't really speak well to, your, to either team's pitching. So Yeah. Um, for us, uh, Bradley Lofton got the start. We ended up being wrong about uh, Lou getting the start, and I guess we'll yeah. touch, on, touch on why he didn't get the start a little bit. But right. um, Lofton, he came out. Um, he did not look sharp the first two innings. Um, like what? Were, I don't even know his stats for the first two, but he got the bases know. loaded twice. So. I got to the game, and it was already first and third with no outs, I believe, and both of those guys got on there with uh, via walks. So, um, but he was able to bounce back, um, which which seems to be the the trend with him. Like, I think in both of his starts at this point, um, uh, he's walked. 10 but has 13 strikeouts and he's only given up four hits total so like i mean he's gonna get himself in some trouble and if he can avoid the defense having errors which is why some runs scored in this game for him um like like errors obviously not helping but he's he's kind of shooting himself in the foot by getting these runners on base getting his pitch count really high early on um but he's shown the the stuff to get through it we we saw in this game the the mound that they were pitching on was really slippery. I know he had trouble with it, and I think Tyson Harden also had trouble later on. Um, also, strike zone just super inconsistent. So this game kind of a weird one to base it on, but I mean he he's been sharp. I mean when he's on, he's on. He's getting these strikeouts, but he also really really does. He just he can't help himself out with these walks. Um, so I, I think really the walks are what's keeping him out of the rotation on the weekends, and um, we'll I mean, we'll see if if he can if he can get it down and have a couple string together a few good starts in the midweek. I, I would not be surprised to see him maybe in the Saturday slot coming soon. Yeah. So so after two innings, it was pretty much everyone was like, okay, got to go get Lofton. Um, we left him out there for two more innings, and and he was pretty good in those two. Um, yeah. I mean. After those first two innings for your total pitch count, after four to be eighty, it's like pretty, it's pretty decent. Right. Not gonna lie. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, in the, um, I, I'm pretty sure we had the bases loaded with one out. Um, the lineup turned over, had their leadoff hitter up to the plate, and we get he gets a ground ball to Luke Hancock at first, and that's when there was a, air a throwing error on Luke that allowed two runs to score. That was all. The, that was all the damage, though. Um, so, in that inning, at least, did have one hard hit ball that um, scored two. Uh, Dustin Dickerson double, but um, yeah, I just I, I was super impressed with Lofton and fighting I, I back know, from it was impressive. Like yeah, the start, I, I know the walks like, are up there, and I think me and you are probably um, a little higher on him than a lot a lot of people are. Um, I've just heard on some other podcasts they they just don't really have the faith in him, but. I mean, right now, like, he's he's 
getting himself in these situations and getting out of them. Casey Hunt's getting in the, himself in these situations and like continuing to walk in runs and and hit batters and like, I mean, it it, it has to say something about him that he's he's getting strikeouts even after this and even after the errors. Like he's not a complete head case, I don't think. Yeah. So the the, the it felt weird in this game was remember how like. Earlier in the week, we were like, wow, here's this list of guys that we know need innings. Yeah, um, and none of them. <laughs> we didn't go to any of them. Um, yeah. Uh, first, um, after Lofton's four innings where he battled through, um, we bring in Tyler Davis, and dude was just dying out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, was, there was two errors in the field with him in there. Um, he gave up four runs, three earned. Um, he'd get to 0-2, and... Then just he would just he would just lose it like he just couldn't have a didn't have a put away pitch and I don't know if that's the zone being bad I don't really remember if it if he was missing just a little bit high a little bit low whatever his pitches look good like like yeah I mean he and gets he's, two he's strikes a, for a reason right he's been a proven starter and a proven closer at I mean in a good baseball conference for VCU so like I. I don't think that we've seen all that we need to for, from Tyler Davis. Like I, I still think there's more um, in the tank for him, but this one just he just didn't look great. And like like you said, I mean he was he was getting ahead of batters, but um, then he would get a three two, and then he would throw a really really predictable fastball. I'm assuming, and they would just blast it. And um, obviously the two errors didn't help. One um, by Monty Larry threw it into the dugout, and then one he was. Uh, Tyler Davis himself was trying to cover first base on a ground ball to first, and um, he just he just couldn't squeeze it. So that was an error on him. But yeah, I I wasn't really excited. Tyler Davis was coming out of the bullpen anyway. Like you said, we had that list of guys, and um, Parker was on that list. And Park, I, I was sitting uh, down the third base line. I didn't see Parker come to the bullpen at all. Um, I. I know we said Aaron Nixon probably needed to be seen in this game. If I mean, or he's he, kind of injured. Yeah, we we said that he would probably come in if we needed a save opportunity. Turns out we needed a save opportunity, and we never saw Nixon. So I did see on Twitter or message boards or something that there is probably a little injury going on with him. Didn't seem to be like uh, the sky was falling. Like so, I didn't. I didn't. I don't, it's just like a little one week thing. Right. It didn't seem like it was too big of a deal. Kind of the same thing with Pico, maybe. Um, so, yeah, we went to Tyler Davis. He got two-thirds of an inning, and then um, I think Tyson Harden came in. Um, and for the most part, I thought he did well. What, he what was, did you see with him? He was him? gross his first two batters, and and then he just started pumping them in the zone, and they really couldn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, and he ended up having a really nice outing. He was getting squeezed quite bad on, uh, I think, one of those uh, – walks was really really bad how much okay. he was squeezed yeah like, I, I i didn't really have the best angle and that's why i said you probably had an advantage by watching it on tv but a couple of times he like did a case strut or like walked back to the dugout and then looked back and it was called ball three or it was called a walk or something and i mean that probably doesn't help your case with an umpire um not that that should have any impact on it but umpires are human they don't like being called out um so he didn't really help himself with that one um but he did. He did go two innings and didn't give up any runs. Didn't give up any hits either. So, yeah. um, I, I'm, I mean, I'm interested to keep on watching him. 
Yeah, and that, that was a good bounce-back performance for him. He had a really, really bad showing against ULM um, in that uh, game last week that we lost against He was them. good so, against VMI at the game I was at. Yeah, I, I like okay. him. He works super fast. Yeah, I mean, he, him and Dom were kind of made made for this pitch clock thing. I mean, they, I don't know if they've, <laughs> if they've played in some league that's had it before or if that's just how they like to operate, but... Um, I, I really did. I really did like uh, Harden in this game. So, yeah, you just mentioned it, um, or we just mentioned it. Nate Dom did come in. Uh, he got a one out, um, or he he only needed one pitch to get out of the inning that Tyson Harden left in. Uh, he got a fly ball to right field, and then uh, pitched the last two innings of the game after that. So he got two and a third in. Um, and I I don't want to speak too much into this. I got I don't want to jinx this. I don't want to say anything out of turn, but Nate Dom has a little bit of Landon Sims in him. Yeah. And it, I don't, I know that he hasn't been in the situation that Landon kind of had his coming out party in where Landon came in with the bases loaded, no outs, struck out three and just had this like moment coming off the mound that everybody kind of looked like, all right, he is, he is the guy. He is the heart and soul of this team. Nate Dom is, is kind of becoming that way. Like he, he has some swagger about him. He has um, what me and you affectionately call "fu fastballs," um, where he just throws them, you know, at your chest and uh, or throws them right down the middle of the plate and just dares you to hit them. And, and it's just it's just a swagger that you like from a relief pitcher. I like it from a closer especially. And if Nixon can't fill that role, then Dom doesn't seem to have a problem doing it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he and he's from—he's a transfer from Ball State. Has no interest in any sort of like in-state rivalry or whatever you want to call it with Southern Miss. And he was fired up. And I don't think it—he cared that it was Southern Miss. He just—it's a baseball game for him. Um, I, I loved it. And if Nixon does come back and Nixon becomes the closer, which I would be perfectly fine with. I mean, Dom's just a fireballer, and he could be the Colby White to set up for the Cole Gordon if that's what we needed. And cause Colby White was touching 99 and he wasn't our closer. You know, I usually do associate the highest velocity on the team with the closer, but it might not be the, be the case. So, yeah. So, so, so that's what, that's what our pitching was. I mean, when we talk about it like that and kind of like, you know, the stupid errors here and there, the, the weird zone doesn't sound too horrible. Um, only one I had, real issue was was Tyler Davis uh yeah I, I didn't like his outing but in his defense I don't know why they left him out there so long dying yeah like that should have been a faster pull in, anytime I see like it just seems like really demoralizing for a pitcher when a um somebody hits a double right down the first baseline it, for whatever reason that seems like one of the more demoralizing hits in baseball uh, I don't know if it's just because it's so close to being foul, so close to being like fielded for an out or maybe even a double play. But, like when that goes, you just know that <laughs> things are not going well for you as a pitcher. And I think even after that, he stayed in and more things continued to happen. So, um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Being there, you kind of felt, <laughs> I could just like, I just felt bad for him, just seeing him toe the rubber each and every pitch. So, yeah. Um, should yeah, we talk about our bats? Our, let's do it. Our, yeah. our weird little comeback? Yeah. So, um, 
a few guys with multiple RBIs. These these names are going to continue to be said all year long. Hopefully, uh, Amani Larry had the only home run on the night for either team. He had a solo shot, I think, in the fourth or fifth inning, but he had multiple RBIs. Um, uh, Ledbetter had a, just a basis clearing triple. I um, got Hunter a little bit excited on that one. I because obviously. You know, where I was at the game, so I was a little bit ahead of Hunter watching it on TV, um, and I just sent Colton in all caps <laughs> after he got a hit with the bases loaded, and Hunter's like, did you do it again? Did you hit a grand slam? Um, but no, bases clearing triple, which arguably even a, a better hit than a grand slam, uh, yeah, doesn't kill the rally, you know, um, even though it did. Um, I, thought, I don't know, he scored right after. Yeah, right, DJ, who I'm about to talk about. Yeah, uh, Dakota Jordan also had multiple RBIs with that single to get Ledbetter in and uh, uh, sack fly in the big rally in the eighth inning. So, Is this Dakota game for Jordan us, what I want Luke Hancock to be? Just just make contact with runners in scoring position, please. Um, yeah, so uh, those three guys, Amani Larry, Ledbetter, and Dakota Jordan, all had the multiple RBIs. Um all of them contributed to the two big innings that we had. We had a big inning in the second, and we had a big inning in the eighth. Um, four runs in one, five runs in another, and then Amani had his uh, um, solo shot. Uh, you know who else those. contributed to both big innings? Tell me about him, man. Lane Forsythe. He, Let's go. He's heating up. Uh, Lane has had two hits, one walk. Um, his batting average is up to two ninety seven. Uh it's he, just nuts. Did did he start both rallies? Um, I think I'm pretty sure he did. I mean, he was the first. He might he might have walked in the to start the second inning rally. Yeah, uh, Heim because his I know Heim's his I know his out, first Heim, uh, Clark walked, Heifel singled, Lane walked, and then Larry walked, no. and then <laughs> the center. Yeah, but in the in the eighth inning, you know. Um, I, I, I could tell he was coming up I, just from from what the last inning ended as. Uh, so he was coming up, and I, I knew that he had to do something to start this rally. He gets to, he had a really bad at bat I, I, to start with. I think it started out 0-2. He worked it to 3-2, and then must have just gotten a predictable pitch, and uh, he ropes it into the, into the uh, left center field gap for a double. His second straight game with an extra base hit, it took him till. April 22nd to get his first last year. Um, and that was a double against Ole Miss. So, man. Lane, it's, Lane's it's, actually looking like, yeah, like, it's, like really it's not good a joke a, anymore. Really good approaches. And um, it's, it's just really fun seeing Lane with a slugging percentage that's different than his batting average, um, meaning that he's not just hitting singles. Also, he has um, like a weird amount of swagger since um, hitting a home run. Yeah, he started eating W's. I don't know if I ever video. expected that to happen. He's kind of got like this flow going on, which like, I know he had long hair his freshman year, but like something's happening. To he looks Lane. a whole lot different. Yeah. But yeah, I, that eighth inning rally, I I really don't think it happens if um, you know he gets down 0-2 and then just swings at a bad pitch on, on to, for a strikeout. Like that That rally might not happen. Because Justin Storm was cruising at that point for Southern Miss. They end up going to their closer uh, midway through our rally, and that didn't really help for them. Well, Storm um, was their closer, and then they brought in. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, Storm had, I think he had two or three really good innings, and then um, 
he was he was cruising. So if Lane is another out, that that might just continue on down. Um, so really, really proud of Lane for starting that rally and just for heating up. I mean, that average has to have jumped up like 50 or 60 points in the past four or five games. So um, that's I, I apologize to Lane and I hope he because I, I think last week I said he's an automatic out in the lineup and we needed to go to uh, hijack very, very soon. Um, so anyway, yeah. Lane. Um- what exactly was um, Southern Miss's plan bringing in Storm in the bottom of the fifth? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, like he's burnt for the week, right? I don't know if a five out, or a five inning save was was on was in the cards. <laughs> I don't know if that's what they were planning on. But yeah, as a closer, I mean, it you're like pitches. You're like two innings, like thirty pitches max. Um, he. He may be different. I really don't know. Like what he did they throw seven against LSU or something. Like, yeah, I mean that that was that was crazy. But that's like that's like post-season. stuff of legends. That's like postseason stuff. Yeah, I mean that that doesn't happen very often. That's kind of like Max Scherzer coming out of the bullpen in the World Series or something like that. I must add, um, they probably should have just brought Tanner Hall out of the bullpen in the bottom of the eighth. I mean, if they if they were just selling out for a victory then yeah it was bases been. loaded no one is <laughs> yeah i i don't understand all that um they brought in but like we like we said i mean the pitching for for like for neither team was just super clean a lot a lot of walks a lot of hit batters um i think we did this whole rally a five out or five run rally excuse me in the eighth inning um and only had two hits i think it was Lane's double to start the rally, and then um, Slate had an RBI single. We had a lot of hard-hit balls, um, some for her sack flies, uh, including Hunter Hines. I mean, a warning track shot that on TV looked like a bomb. I thought it was a home run, and I was in the stadium. Uh, so not like we weren't making good contact, but I think we've, we've seen – through a few games at Trustmark Park, the ball really doesn't travel well, especially the right field. It didn't seem like on on Tuesday. So, um, but that's just an interesting five run rally with only two hits. But that just shows you. I mean, we take advantage of bad pitching, just like um, Southern Miss took advantage of of three errors on our part. So, yeah. And um, I don't know how we won that game. <laughs> we really, I I, I heard. Uh, hey, Dad, say this on Thunder and Lightning, but we we really had no business winning that game. Um, did, did Southern Miss either? I mean, no. It was it was a and Southern Miss just gets to travel to um to Trustmark again next week and and play Ole Miss. So and they played Dallas Baptist this weekend. Yeah, um, for the Golden Eagles. Um, yeah, they've already they they swept their first series against Liberty. Thought that that was just going to be. Um, a kickoff to a huge, huge season for them. Don't after... worry, bro. The season tickets are sold out for the entire season. And they're about to expand their stadium because they're planning on hosting so many more supers. Don't do that. That's a bad business decision. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thought that they were just going to have a, another incredible season, which they still might. I'm not saying they can't, but um, a series loss to um, Illinois, in which they're pitching really imploded on them um and then obviously this heartbreaking loss to mississippi state they get dallas baptist who just hits nothing but bombs and has for the last decade um 
and then they get to travel back to Trustmark and play Ole Miss next Tuesday. So, um, Wait, that one's at Ole Miss. That's not Trustmark. Their Trustmark game is later. What? Yeah. Why are they playing them twice? I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't don't realize know. that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so well, someone was only that the other day, and I was like, huh? Okay. Right. Well, there you go. So, one more thing before we um, move on from the Southern Miss game. I just need to tell you, uh, and we've talked about it a lot, I know, but Luke Hancock has to be stopped. Um, if we haven't talked about it, they finally kind of got to what we said. We might have said it in the last episode we did, but if we had to kick somebody out of the lineup for this whole controversy with the veterans and Bryce Chance, it would be Bryce Chance. He would be the one to go. Uh, I hate it for him, but you know, in any just about any situation, um, except for like some insane righty lefty matchup, whatever, I'd rather have Kellum Clark than Bryce, just because you know he's proven himself. Um, but we had Kellum in right, Hunter Hines at first, no, Hunter Hines at DH, Luke Hancock at first, and Ross Heifel at catcher, which I, I think we had decided was our ideal lineup. As long as Luke um, plays good first base and um, just is at all competent at the plate. Good at bats. All. Just good at bats. Um, well, he continues to just watch strikes. Um, struck out looking again this week, uh, or th- that game against Southern Miss. Um, got 0-2 um, in the middle of a rally and got bailed out by getting hit by a pitch, which... You know what? He he does seem to have a knack for getting hit by pitches. I'm not. I don't know if that's a skill or not. He might just be super close to the plate. That might be part of his game. Um, the the one of the swing one of the hit by pitches. He was swinging at it. <laughs> and all that on top of we we've seen the mental errors at catcher where they've done the the double steal where the runner from third comes into home because Luke throws it to second. Um, I get it's a tricky situation. Like, you don't want two runners in scoring position, but if you throw to second, they are going to score. Yeah, like Lotan did that a few times. Yeah, but at least yeah. that's because he trusted his arm. Right. Uh, Luke like double clutches and then looks at the runner at third and then throws it to second, and it they score. They scored twice. So mental errors at catcher it, and allowing stolen base after stolen base, whatever. Um. Now he's at first base, which he's been claimed to be much better than Hunter Hines at first base, and he has mental errors at first, too, um, all on top of bad at-bats that we didn't see last year. So I don't know where this regression has come from, but I until until that changes, look, I'm not, I'm not sold on having Luke Hancock in our lineup at all. Um, if we can get Hunter it's Hines. definitely not in the four hole. <laughs> absolutely not. I don't need him in situations with the bases loaded or runners in scoring position until he can prove that he can Jack, do let's, it. Let's play, um, let's play who has four RBIs on this baseball team real, real quick. Um, okay. So, so, so let, me, let, me go, let me go look at something real quick. I need to go to the special report and see how many games. So Luke has played six games in the cleanup spot. Okay. Six games. Okay, so so that's a pretty good sample size, All right? <clears throat> um, would you would you say that um, Luke Hancock has more RBIs than I don't know Ross Highfill? 
Uh, I would probably say so. No, no. Um, Ross has five. Uh, Luke, Luke has four. Um, okay, worst hitter on the team, apparently. Um, Lane Forsyth. I would say that um, Luke Hancock definitely has more than Lane. Uh, Lane has seven. Hmm. I, and two of Luke's are in a, a home run against the ULM game one. Yeah. I, I don't That That's just my piece. Um, I know our top two guys have been getting on, so that means he's been getting at bats with people on base. So Yeah. <laughs> Look, I... I think that Luke has the potential to turn it around. Um, I, I I might have overspoken. He and, does have nine walks, so that's good. Yeah, and and uh, let me see, four hit by pitches. So like that's thirteen times that he's gotten on base when he he could have just struck out. Whatever. Um, anyway, if if we want to put him in the eight hole, like I, I feel confident enough in our lineup, like. We could still have guys on base when that when when he gets up in the eight hole. Um, if we want to do that until he can prove that he can hit consistently, I'm I'm fine with that. Like that that seems like a, ma- a move that should be made. Um, I love Colton Ledbetter up at the top of the lineup. This feels like a good opportunity to show that he is uh, the nation's leader in RBIs at this point with 19, um, which. Uh, uh, Bases loaded triple and a grand slam in back-to-back games will um, will help with that uh, a lot. Um, but yeah, I, Luke's got to get out of the cleanup spot. I don't I don't want him out of the lineup right now. Um, he's just got to have more consistent good at bats, and I, I know that he has the potential to do that. Um, he's he's up on his strikeouts like based on what he's done in the past two years so like i we have to believe that that's going to go down that's going to stop happening um but if it doesn't i i think you got to start having a hunter hines at first base and then fill that dh role with bryce chance or aaron downs or um even you might that might be, be where we find hijack from now on so um heck we'll just hijack can play first i think hijack might just be a Swiss Army knife. I think you can play anywhere, except for short. Except for short. Don't don't forget short. Apparently, um, supposedly. Yeah. So, anyway, Luke rant for the week. It's done. That's a, that's our Luke rant. Last last week it was a it was a lane rant. Now it's Luke. So who's it going to be next week? Um, Probably Will Hoyle. Maybe. Maybe so. Maybe so. All right, so moving on to our weekend slate, we, we start on Friday with Ohio State. We go to um, Oklahoma, or we play at Oklahoma on Saturday, and then we finish it off with Cal on Sunday. So just a, a fun little um, Power 5 trio there. Um, game 1 against Ohio State is probably going to be the toughest matchup, uh, just from what we can tell with starting pitchers. They have a, a tried-and-true ace um, that has... I mean, really, really seems like he's had just the best possible start to a season. Um, and so we know the starting pitchers for Ohio State and Oklahoma. It's TBA for Cal just because they post once every four days, apparently. Um, I, I forget that some schools don't really care about baseball. Um, but on paper, I think Cal might be the best team. Yeah. Um, but playing them Sunday, I, I have to give us an advantage. Um, 
just because Gartman has has done his job the past two weeks. Uh, that's who's going to be going on on Sunday. But first of all, I want to talk about the Ohio State game. Isaiah Coupe um, is their tried and true ace that we've talked about, um, and he will be going against Hunter. Do the honors. Gerangelo Sanja. Gerangelo Sanja. There we go. Uh, both-handed pitcher, getting his first weekend start, uh, true freshman, and I could not be happier. Yeah, I am um, so hyped for this. Yeah, I was I was getting disappointed. I didn't get to see him uh, in person on Tuesday. Uh, he did go to the bullpen twice for two different little throwing sessions, um, but I'm not, and I'm not really sure if they ever planned on using him or not. Um, I'm assuming not since he's the Friday night starter this week. Um, but it should be a really, really fun matchup. Um, to give you a little bit about uh, Ohio State's starter, um, Isaiah Coupe is a small, crafty lefty that throws lower 90s, um, which that just makes me scream kind of internally. Like, we are going to get just destroyed by this guy, and he's going to throw 70 pitches. Um, complete game and 20 strikeouts. Um through his two starts this year against UConn and Grand Canyon, which are two top 50 teams from a year ago, um, two postseason teams, NCAA tournament. Um, two starts against them. He has 13 innings pitch total, 18 strikeouts to one walk and one earned run. Um, one earned run was against Grand Canyon, and they lost that game one to nothing. So that's painful. Um, so he's one and one on the year, even though he's – Got 18 Ks to one walk and then one earned run. Um, baseball is so unfair and uh, wins should not be a pitcher stat, by the way. Um, but yeah, he, I'm just going to go ahead and call it. He's going to be the best pitcher that we see before SEC play. Um, and we might have to go a few weekends into SEC play to see a pitcher better than this. Um, and I'm not even sure it's overpowering stuff. Like I said, it's the low 90s, but we just cannot seem to hit. Crafty lefties like that. Um, Braden Oltoff for Tulane did it. Um, whatever his name for Long Beach State did it to start the season last year. Um, something Rodriguez or something. I, I might, I might not should say that he's the best pitcher that we'll see, but he, he might give us the most trouble, and um, I, I think that's that'll be pretty safe to say. Um, we'll see how it goes, but history has proved that. Like, I don't even know if it's only Mississippi State. It might just be like. SEC schools that are used to facing overpowering pitchers just struggle with this kind of pitching. Um, Doug didn't lose many games. You're right. I didn't think about that. Didn't Um, didn't he go like... Didn't he win against Kumar? Yeah, he did. That's silly. (laughs) Doug did. (laughs) Man. Um, So that's what we have about um, Ohio State. I don't really... I mean, this this early into a season, I can't really tell too much about their offense. Um, it does they, not they have, rank well. Yeah, they, I mean, it looks like their their RBIs are, are kind of spaced out throughout their lineup. I mean, nobody just has like an outlier amount, like nineteen for Colton Ledbetter. Um, they they have three guys hitting over three hundred. Um, we have one guy hitting four hundred. So suck it. Um, anyway. Uh, they are three and five on the year. Like I said, they've had some faced some really good competition. Um, they have been they haven't played a home game all year, and they've played three different teams: UConn, Gonzaga, and Grand Canyon. 
Um, all NCAA tournament teams from last year, Gonzaga seems to be off to a bad start, but um, I don't think that a 3-5 and five record really says it all, um, considering one of those losses was a game where their pitcher gave up one run and they lost one to nothing. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what we have on Ohio State. That's our Friday night matchup. And if we can win that, I really feel good about us getting two wins this weekend, yeah. at least. Yeah. So what you got on, what you got the next day? So, so Oklahoma, um, you know, they, they were in the college world series finals last year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little weird, right? Um, right. so they'll, they'll be throwing, uh, Will Carson against Itama. Uh, Carson is a tall right-handed pitcher. He's a Juco transfer with a low 90s fastball. Um, through two starts, he has 10 innings, three earned runs, three walks, eight Ks. Um, maybe a little bit of a pitch-to-contact guy. I don't I don't know if that's an indictment on his stuff or if that's just how he wants to play. But uh, against Cal Baptist and Ritter, that's, that's just kind of how he was. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of put that in there just... To- to um, contrast against what we're going to see from Coupe, because 18 strikeouts in two games kind of makes it seem like, I mean, I know the stuff's not like overpowering velocity-wise, but I mean, there's going to be some movement to Coupe's stuff. Um, but just eight strikeouts in, in two games didn't really seem like too overpowering. So, and he'd given up 10 hits throughout those two games. So um, I, I think we'll be able to make make pretty good contact. And... Um, uh, when this team makes contact, the ball goes really far, really fast. So, um, I like I like that matchup a lot, and yeah. we're by far the best offense that Carson's going to see, um, maybe in his life because he's uh, faced California Baptist and Ryder, and uh, this, this is his first year outside of JUCO. So, um, maybe maybe a rude awakening coming for for Will Carson. Yeah, but. Yeah, the, I don't know what happened to this team after last year. Um, their 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 offense is just not good. Um, yeah, they they do run a lot. I know that. Um, they're eighth in the nation with twenty four steals through eight games. Um, okay. So please play highful. Um, that that is that is my one request. Yeah. Um, please. I mean, this this could very well be a uh, thing this weekend where Luke catches against Ohio State and Cal, and then Heifel just goes against. But the Oklahoma. opposite's going to happen. It's Heifel's yeah. going to catch against Ohio State and Cal, and then Luke <laughs> right. is that's baseball. Against, yeah, so OU they're they're eighth in the nation in uh, in steals. Um, they're two hundred and twenty fifth in home runs, but they have the thirty sixth national. Uh, scoring ranking okay there uh, it's it's so, so do, they're gonna, do they're with these run. numbers what you will yeah um the only outlier i see on their offensive stats um anthony mckenzie batting 548 17 hits on the year already um i i'm assuming he's the leadoff guy because he has that many hits but only has six the rbis first my god what yeah Huh. Well, there you go. He's nine for huh. ten, in stolen bases. They also have a guy named Bryce Madrin batting two seventeen, um, fifteen walks on the season. So that's silly. Um, 
averaging two walks a game. Okay, I'm uh, so glad we're starting Itama against yeah. them. Is Itama um, fast to the plate? Um, I don't think he was getting like eaten alive by stolen bases. And he was throwing the Luke. Right. So, yeah. Uh, Anthony McKenzie batting 548, 17 hits. Um, and then Bryce Madrin, 15 walks. So, those are two names to, to be looking out for on the Saturday game. Um, if you don't have anything else there, we're moving on to Sunday against Cal. Um, like I said, TBA, but potential starter could be their um, everyday DH, Tucker Boogie. Bougie? Yeah, yeah. No clue. Yeah, um, um, he has a 2.53 ERA. Um, he has 10 innings pitched. Um, oh, let me find his Ks on here. Um, seven Ks through those 10 innings. Okay. I, I, I don't I don't know what I don't know if he's gonna be him, so I don't want to waste time talking about it. But I guess we'll play him. But yeah, I mean he's batting like 118. So right, yeah. like we said, uh, Gartman's gonna be going for us on this Sunday game. Um, I mean seems fairly consistent through his first two starts on Sundays. Like he's gonna get hit around a little bit, but um, he seems to have a veteran approach that I'm doesn't allow him to get rattled. I'm glad he's not going against Oklahoma. That could break right. him. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want that. Um, so Cal, as we said, might be the best team. Uh, in some projections, they um, are projected to host a regional this year. Um, they're six and one uh, so far. They have a series win over Houston. Uh, they won two out of three in their first weekend against them, and then they have a midweek win over a conference uh, opponent in Stanford. So. Um, I mean, that's, that seems like a pretty big win early on in the season. Um, but yeah, that, that's what they, that's what we got so far, uh, from these three teams. It should be a pretty fun weekend. It's a, it's a random assortment of teams from, um, from four different conferences, but, um, yeah, I, I think, I think we should have success and, uh, a successful weekend. I mean, obviously is, is winning two out of three, but I mean, if we can win Friday, I think we can win all three. Yeah. Friday Friday is going to be the challenge, um, strictly because of the pitcher that we're going up against. And who knows when we get to him early, and we might not have to see him very long. Um, I do know it's important for uh, for our offense, for our pitching, and our defense to be good because against Arizona State, I'm not even sure we were facing a dominant pitcher on Friday, um, and we just couldn't really get anything going. I mean, the innings were so quick, and then like. Three up, three down, and Cade Smith and Casey Hunt were going back out there to get shelled again. Um, I mean, our our offense needs our defense and pitching to do well to to have confidence at the plate, and so that's a, that's a key on Friday. It's a key every game, but I think especially in a matchup like that, you really want to see that on Friday. Yeah, um, a, a four and zero week this week would go a long way, especially after the the few embarrassing losses that we had in the first week and a half or so. Um, so, yeah, I, I, halfway through the Southern Miss game, wasn't really expecting to win that one. Um, but now we've got a chance to, to turn a bad start to a week into a 4-0 and a week. So, um, I'm excited about it. Anything yeah. more on this, this weekend's games? Um, we got any big, big series see, going around the country? Excited to see what we do about um, Evan Sierra, Cade Smith, um, Want to see if Nate of uh, um, Nixon is available? Yeah, um, there, I, there, there's a bunch of stuff. 
I don't want to see KC. I would like to see Parker if we get a chance. And I, I was don't about to feel say like terrible. Too. Yeah. If especially if we can get a, just an opportunity with a pretty big lead, um, just see him get a confident inning or two um, would probably do a lot for him, and it'd do a lot for me too, and me, me and you, just to to uh, finally have some confidence back in Parker because yeah. we haven't completely lost that because we haven't seen him lose the ability to throw strikes, but um, we also haven't seen him since the first weekend, so that's yeah. a little alarming. Um, yeah. Let's take a look real quick before we go to Instagram questions at some other big series happening across the country. We have a couple series and a couple more of these like round robin classic tournaments, whatever they are. Um, so first series that we see is a rivalry series between South Carolina and Clemson. Um, South Carolina is still undefeated. Is that, is that think, true? I think so. Yes. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Clemson surely uh-huh. they didn't get like did they get swept by UCF. I know they lost the series because UCF went down the hill at the Clemson football field. Also, I don't understand how those two connect. Is is the football stadium just open? Yeah, I don't. I don't really know what that's all about. I've never, obviously, never been on that campus. But most football stadiums are closed when they're not being played in. Um, another big series, which it it just sounds like a big series. I'm not really sure. If it is, I mean, if it's a rivalry, whatever. Might still be top five. Like, yeah. uh, Miami at Florida. Florida has dropped some stinkers of games, um, in in bad fashion too. They've lost the to Jacksonville. <laughs> they lost lost to Jacksonville. They've lost to um, South Florida. Did they, have they lost a series. I don't think so. Okay, uh, just those midweek games kind of stacking up against them, which makes me feel better because. Um, the loss to ULM just still kind of stings. But, um, but yeah, Miami going to Gainesville to, to play against them. So that should be fun. And then these last two here, we have um, one of the tournaments in Minnesota and then a tournament in, is this one in Texas as well? Yeah, it's like the Shriners Classic or something. Yeah, it's in Houston, yeah. So um, the one in Minnesota, Ole Miss will be in that one, along with Hawaii, Vanderbilt, Maryland, who they played, who Ole Miss played last week. Uh, and then Minnesota and Nebraska. Um, so, do you know what three teams almost plays in that one? Um, pretty sure it's Maryland, Minnesota, and Nebraska. Okay, gotcha. And then this guess, last one here. I guess Hawaii is standing in as an SEC team. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of funny. Because usually it's like, I know in the one in 2021, it was us, Arkansas, and Ole Miss playing against three Big 12 teams, which was really, really cool. Um so next we've got the Shriners Classic in Houston, star-studded. I mean, this is by far the best one I've seen this year. Uh, Louisville, Michigan, Rice, Texas Tech, TCU, and Texas A&M. Um, I mean, just big-time name after big-time name with Michigan thrown in there, but they've also made it to a College World Series finals in the last five years. Yeah, worst baseball uh, school in your like classic being Michigan. Yeah, that's, you're pretty good. I like that a lot. Um, so some really, really fun um, games happening across the country. Might not be able to watch them all with your current subscription, but um, grow in the game. Grow in so, the game. Yeah, thank you, D1 Baseball. Anyway, um, that's it for college baseball happening around the country this year, or this, excuse me, this week. This, year. <laughs> this is that's over. It. We went out on top. <laughs> 
COVID hit again. Dang it. It's just like that lightning. All right. Here's a suggestion. Anytime we play Ole Miss, or how about anytime we play any game, just for when we get in trouble, let's just wheel over the high-voltage lab from um, from Simrall on campus because apparently if, if, that, if that lightning happens long enough, you just get to claim a win as long as you had a lead at some point in the game. So, you down? I mean, we could certainly make that happen. I, I mean, know. It's, it's, I, it's baseball. I know a guy that is in electrical engineering. Slade, that means you. Um, there's no way Slade's listening to this. But high voltage lab. I've seen the lightning in there. It can happen. Um, anyway, just a thought. Fraudulent win, by the way. All right. We have a few Instagram questions here. Not too many, but there's never too many. Um, got four of them here. First one is from Duncan Helms. Um, and I think he asked this before the lineup, before the rotation came out. Um, did we see Lou start this weekend? I'd, I'd assume yes. Oh, I'm going to say yes. Brooks Taylor has two questions here. Um, first, why the white helmets? Um, I kind of agree. I'm, I'm not a fan of the white. I... I probably like the white with the black jerseys better than maroon with black jerseys. In an ideal world, it would just be a black helmet with black jerseys. But, you know, if white helmets is the worst thing that we have, so be it. The white hats, seems like we might have done away with those. Um, except for on the front. Exa- yeah, except when we're, when we're wearing black. Yeah. Um, yeah, those, because the... Nickel black uniforms were really, really bad until we decided to just embrace the all black, like black hats, black helmets, everything like that. Like when there were still traces of maroon in it, it was. See, it was but not people's good... issues with them was the softball pants. But. Yeah. I, the black jerseys with the. With the white pants really has kind of grown on me a little yeah. bit. I, I, it well, helps that we. I went. I went to that game and I was like, "Oh shoot! I wonder what I'm gonna get to see." You know, white 85s yeah. haven't been worn. White pins haven't been worn. Yeah. And, and then, and then they came out wearing. Like yeah, I'm sure that was just a shocking thing. But I other than the white hats that were just kind of shocking, I I don't really hate them as much as I thought I would. No, I kind of um, like them, and we win. So. Yeah. Right. So. Hopefully that continues. But yeah, I, the white helmets, eh, just just match them to your jersey or whatever. Anyway, uh, next question from Brooks. Figuring things out, question mark. Um, I think that we're, we should have a good idea of what this pitching rotation is going to look like after this weekend. Um, if Lou settles in, Aintema has another good start. Gartman has a third straight good start. Like, we're... we're we're pretty settled in, and and with not too far to go to SEC play, so I think that would help us a lot. And then Cade would just find his spot in the bullpen or um, in midweek duty. I would think more of a bullpen spot for him. Yeah. Um, I think he's a he's graduated past midweek starts. That seems kind of like a trial and error kind of thing, and I I think we we know what Cade can bring um, when he finds the right spot. Um, 
offensively, I I think it's there. I think we're going to have some anemic-looking games at some point, but for the most part, I mean, the top of that lineup is going to hit and going to produce. So, anything else on that? Uh, no, not really. All right, and then my dad, Farm Dog 9 asked the last question here: Does Fox Hall think that we can walk? In quotation marks. That actually Omaha? says, "Does Foxtail?" I didn't know if my dad made a typo or if he was making a joke. I don't get the joke if it's if it is one. Um, but does Foxtail think that we can walk to Omaha? Um, let me tell you, if if we keep on walking um, batters the way that we are and committing errors the way that we are, we will not sniff Omaha. Jack, but I, I have I have an idea for for a for a thing. Um, okay. If if we don't make it to um, Omaha, we, at the end of the year, we get up all of our walks and multiply it by ninety feet and see how far, how close to Omaha we walk. Dude. We might not get out of the state of Mississippi. We will not get out of the state of Mississippi. It's 90 feet at a time. (laughs) I was just making sure you knew that probably wasn't going to get us very far. How many miles is it from Starkville to Omaha? I don't know. Something about that sign out in the left field lounge. I'm going to figure this out. Starkville to Omaha. I'm going to be closing and you can just say that. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Going for Two with Jack Taylor. We are super excited um, to bring you just another episode, and to, we look forward to another great weekend of college baseball. Um, until next time, uh, we hope you have a great day, whatever. What, what, I don't know what I'm doing good, here. Good morning. Uh, hope you have a great morning, great, great day at work, whatever. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time on Going for Two with Jack Taylor. Dude, we're still on that no-cut streak. I, 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 I have the math back. Um, uh, <laughs> we would have to walk 47,754 <laughs> batters <laughs> to, to get to Omaha. Does Foxhall think we can do it? Hey, Luke. <laughs>